Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Beyond the Art podcast. Uh, today I'm here with Yash, aka Mathewal. What's good? Yep. So we're gonna talk a little bit uh, today about two series we've been watching in particular: the uh, Suns Mavericks series and the Warriors uh, Grizzly series. Um, so Yash, as the expert of all things Golden State, uh, what have you? What are your thoughts on the series so far? Um. It's been fun. Uh, you know, a lot has been made of uh, the stuff that's happened outside of the game. But, you know, just watching the gameplay, seeing uh, the two super, superstars go at it, Steph and Jaw, uh, and uh, as well as, you know, Golden State's counterparts, uh, the, the sort of back and forth and uh, how the teams have played one another. Uh, with the variables constantly changing with the injuries on both sides. It's been fun. Um, and, you know, it's, it was a bummer to see Jago down the way he did. Um, when I thought like, the series, even though Golden State had just taken a commanding 2-1 lead, I thought it could have gotten more interesting after that had he not gotten injured. Uh, but they're likely going to finish the job today. So. Yeah, so we are recording this, I guess three hours before uh tip off it's about like 3 20 3 30 right now mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm definitely on the side that i think this series is kind of over with especially with no with no jaw and i know last game there was the whole discourse about like dylan brooks like he's supposed to be a role player why is he taking like these bad shots had 19 with five of 19 um yesterday but i think both of us agree that like if it's not Dylan Brooks taking these shots, like who else is going to do it? Like if anything, it might look a little worse. Like I think Dylan Brooks, like he's, he's just a, he can like get his shot off at least, you know, might not be, it might not be good, but like someone has to take it before the shot clock expires. Um, But obviously, you know, it's not ideal and there's not really anything he can do. He's just kind of limited. Right. Um, And with the jaw out, it's just, Something that go uh, Memphis, uh, just from a roster standpoint, is uh, has been incomplete. You know well, what can they do uh, without Jaw? You know if you take it out of his hands, that whole thing was explored in the, in the Minnesota series, uh, and, and just even without just him on the floor, uh, they're just a totally different team. Um, and you know, as you said, with John out on the floor. Someone's got to take those shots, and uh, Dylan Brooks is is probably their best perimeter shot creator, um, best non-job perimeter shot creator. So ultimately, the, a lot of those shots fall to him. Um, and it was either him taking those shots or Jaron Jackson attacking mismatches, which he did have success doing in the second half. Uh, but late game, uh, with Draymond Green on him, that's just not an avenue you could really explore. Um, so, I mean, a lot of – a lot was made out of nothing, in my opinion, um, with, with the whole Dylan Brooks situation. Yeah, it's just someone taking up more volume with someone, like a star player, being injured. From an accident and O standpoint, though, how have you thought about that in terms of, like, the development, um, like, on that part in this series? Like, what what have you noticed? Uh, X and, uh, the series regarding the X's and O's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I thought – uh, the biggest adjustments I've seen is how Golden State has played Jaw, 
the the first couple games they were playing him more straight up with uh Gary Payton the second they they trusted him uh to to play jaw through ball screens go under uh play him straight up and then if he got into the paint then send help and play off of that and as a result you know jaw jaw got to go on one on one he's one of the most un- unstoppable players in the league um and he had those big uh big scoring nights and his teammates all t- as a result didn't have the same output as they did in that first round series against Minnesota where the Wolves took it an opposite approach and showed multiple bodies at jaw whether it be at a ball screen uh you know once he got by the level uh they sent more bodies at him leading to uh open corner threes for guys like Desmond Bain um so Golden State reverted to that approach played him one on one uh and they also noticeably uh sagged off of him at the three-point line they were daring him to shoot those threes uh even when they could close out to him i felt like that they didn't which was a little questionable and as a result he 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 was knocking down those threes at a, at a high clip um uh, so that was their game plan the first couple games but then uh, after that game two win by memphis in memphis they switched it up a little bit in game three um they started sending uh, more bodies at jaw. They started trapping him more. Uh, they started playing. I remember in that third quarter, I noticed a turn when they started uh, hedging at the <clears throat> at the level of the ball screen with two guys. Uh, usually it was Otto Porter Jr. who they brought up to the level, and uh, they they let guys like Jaron Jackson catch in the middle and try to make a play. And that was when they made their run. Uh, you know, Memphis's offense stagnated and. Uh, Golden State was able to run off of those misses and turnovers and uh, go on those avalanches that, that we've seen them go on. So that was that was the most uh, that was the biggest adjustments I've seen, uh, and that came on the side of Golden State. Uh, have you noticing? Uh, have you noticed anything on your on your end? Um, there's obviously Jonathan Kaminga. His his minutes kind of gone um, up and down this series. Uh, right. Just I don't know. Uh, just I guess depending on. Matches. I, Steve Kerr is pretty volatile sometimes with just like how, like him playing guys. Like sometimes he'll play them a lot, and other times like he started Jonathan Kaminga. I think last game, right? And he only played like five minutes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But I think you know he he brings an athletic element they definitely don't have um, when when they have like a guy like you know Otto Porter Jr. Uh, and it, it, with no Gary Payton now, they're just they just lack athleticism um, mm-hmm. throughout their entire rotation. Um, so Kamina can supply a little bit of that. Um, since this series is, you know, it's probably over. Golden State's up three one before recording. Uh, let's talk a little bit about maybe them moving forward against a, a Suns or a Mavericks, depending on um, who comes out on top. So, like, what do you what do you think about how they fare, especially with maybe no Gary Payton in the fold? Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, like you said, with no Gary Payton the second, they lack. Uh, got bodies they could throw against the against the guards of Phoenix or Dallas, uh, who are very guard heavy teams. Obviously, Phoenix with Chris Paul and Book, and and Dallas got uh, Dallas has three uh, ball handlers of their own, uh, including a superstar in Luca. Um, so that will definitely be uh, something to see how they adjust and if if they start maybe showing more help uh, yeah sorry <laughs> someone's <laughs> at the door um 
but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they can't really afford to play their, their guards straight up. Uh, so, uh, I mean, they're probably going to have to show uh, their bigs are going to have to be more aggressive, uh, roam off the, big, uh, the opposing bigs a little bit. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm looking forward to see. Yeah, I'm I'm a little worried about how the Warriors are going to fare against the the Suns and the Mavericks because both those teams are very much like they play through their guards that are really good mm-hmm. and get you in rotation from there. And with the Warriors, it's going to be a lot easier um, to get them to get them scrambling around the court um, with no Gary Payne, just like no real good perimeter defender. I mean, Thompson Williams are all right, but they're more wing types and wing types. Um, sometimes have trouble with like screen navigation, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the I, I think if whoever comes out Suns Mavericks, I feel like I honestly would favor them over the Warriors. What do you What do you think about that? Do you Do you agree with me or? Um, I I really I, I don't I don't think that's a bad take at all. Uh, the the perimeter defense is definitely a concern, and the those both those teams are very perimeter heavy. Uh, you know, but I I think. I, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously going to stick with my, my, my guys here, uh, but I, I don't think it's unreasonable to go that route at all. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what do you think the pathway is for them to be a team that could like probably, I guess it's kind of a loaded question, but like a team that can uh, put them in rotation like pretty easily. Cause I, I think like Luca and Luca and Brunson on the, the Mav side are, gonna have a pretty easy time and that's that's the issue right now when they're playing the Suns sometimes they just kind of get stuck a little bit I um, mean against the Warriors they don't have the same level of wing defenders as um, the Suns um, mm-hmm. and also and on the Suns side they have Chris Paul Devin Booker coming off pick and roll coming off handoffs um, things like that it's like how do you think the Warriors can defend those types of like highly dynamic offensive teams yeah uh, I think their best route is to switch uh, switch as much as possible one through four um, just to minimize the miscommunications and especially with a guy like Devin Booker who, who comes off the of screens and, and scores so well you have to stay glued to him and like you said the Warriors uh, not only do they like perimeter bodies their wings uh, struggle a bit with screen navigation which is going to be big in those series so I think one thing they can explore is, is switching a lot uh, that may not work uh, as well against Dallas as they're more of a switch hunty team. And, and Golden State has a lot of bodies that you can hunt on those uh, on switches. Uh, so against someone, against like a Dallas, I, I, you, you have to counter uh, their attack, which starts with Luka by throwing a stronger body at him. So I, I'd probably... Uh, try try seeing how Clay does. I, I think that's a series. Uh, that's a good matchup for Clay. Even uh, even though he's what is it, toned back down athletically since the injury, he's still a, a bigger body and moves fairly well against wings. And uh, Luca isn't super quick, so that's a matchup that I think they can explore. Because um, I think in, uh, in in games past, the last couple of years, they've tried throwing like an Andrew Wiggins. Uh, or want to kind of Anderson at him and Luke has uh, been too too big or t- uh, too quick, too smart, uh, respectively. So Clay is a matchup that, that I would throw at, at Luke and, and see how he fares. Oh, yeah, I think I think uh, Clay um, could do a job. But I, I think the way – because people talk about a lot, like the, the matchup talk, like, oh, who are you going to put on Luke? But 
I think in the the modern game, mm-hmm. the better thing to think about is who's the in your best lineup. Who is the weakest defender that you're gonna have on the floor? Um, because right. they're just gonna they're just gonna bring Curry up, or they're gonna bring Pool up on like a on like a, a guard to guard screen and like get that switch there, and then they're they're gonna go hunting. So like in a in a way, it doesn't really even matter sometimes like who you put on mm-hmm. put on him initially. Um, maybe they can be like a Mikel Bridges and fight through a bunch of stuff, and then boom, now you're running against the shot clock. Um, and you're just dribbling the ball out on top. But I think the the Warriors they don't have a Mikel Bridges level wing defender, um, and they also have Poole and Curry in their probably their best lineups. Um, that could get that's two guys they can get hunted. You know, you can maybe you can even like bring both of them, get them both involved in like the same action. You know, and I think that's going to present a lot of them. I honestly think the Mavericks are a worse matchup for the Warriors than the Suns. Because the Suns, uh, Chris Paul and Booker aren't really like, they're not like Luke and Brunson where they're just going get, to get downhill at you. Um, they're going to more play for their, their pull-up jumper or just like maybe, I mean, Booker, you know, occasionally he'll throw in like the, the straight line drive. But even then, sometimes he'll end up taking a fadeaway. So against them, I think you could switch and like, you know, um, hope they just miss a few shots. But with the, the Mavericks, I feel like off of dribble penetration, they can get some really, really, really good shots. Um, and I think if you unless you have anything to add, we can actually transition to the Mavericks right now. I have a decent segue right here. Um, but the the Mavericks best lineup is when there's they're spacing with like Kleba or like a Bertans at the five. Um, and if they're getting easy dribble penetration against the the Warriors, like that just pretty easy kick out swing, swing, and they're gonna get up like 40, 40, maybe even like 50, 53 sometimes. Um, that are like, mm-hmm. you know, pretty decent looks. So I feel like that's a pretty hard formula. Um, like to win by. Yeah, I I agree. Um, yeah, defensively, none are ideal matchups, and uh, like you said, their best lineups do consist of a Jordan Poole or a Steph Curry, uh, but even an Otto Porter Jr. and and that's someone uh who's who's what slow footed that that the guards can attack both on Phoenix and Dallas. Yeah, that was the other guy too, Otto Porter. I was watching some of his one of the times I've seen him play. He just him and like guarding in space is so it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, you know, that's probably because he had he's had so many injuries throughout his career. Yeah. Um, but I, I think luckily for the Warriors, because they're probably gonna come out. I don't think I think the Suns are actually gonna win. Um they're they're gonna come out on top on this series. Uh, I don't really see Dallas winning two games against them. It's just their their formula. I think is just like pretty. Uh, I don't I don't know if I want to say unsustainable because you know two games like shooting luck anything can happen. If they hit like another forty five percent from three again, like they very well can win the game. But I think Phoenix has figured something out in terms of not letting Dallas get into rotation. And we saw that last mm-hmm. game, um, game five, third quarter when the Phoenix went on their 16, 16 or seventeen zero run. Um, one of the adjustments they made is they just stopped tagging Dwight Powell on the roll. Like he kind of just was taken out. Um, and he, obviously he's not a spacer. So now you're, you can plug the gaps a little more. Aiden can stay by the rim a little bit more. So it's just harder for Brunson and Luca to like get downhill um, and then get Phoenix in rotation. And cause that was kind of the issue. They just weren't able to get any good looks like multiple times. Um, Luca skipped it to Brunson on the weak side and Brunson, um, he didn't really have an advantage at all because whoever was guarding him, like Booker or Chris Paul, they didn't come off the to tag Powell at all. 
Um, so early, early in the quarter, I remember they, he hit like a kind of like a post, like half spin fadeaway jumper and he made it. Um, but like, that's just a tough shot. And then he, he had like one or two threes after that, that just weren't really clean looks. Um, just because they weren't tagging. Sorry, yeah. I, I um, really no, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Um, definitely. Those first, uh, what is it? Those two wins in Dallas, uh, like you said, a lot of the threes that Dallas was getting was because of the attention that they're either showing at Luca or, or to the roller. And, uh, you know, Luca is so good at making those skip passes and, and Dallas's shooters are always shot ready. Um, they're ready to take those spot ups and Dorian Finney Smith, especially was a guy that, uh, was really making the best out of his looks in those two Dallas games. Um, so Phoenix changing up the game plan, limiting uh, the quality of looks that Dallas shooters are getting is is definitely changing the series. As, as yeah, because yeah, Dallas shooters like they're they're good when they're open, but like, I think when you get a little contest on them, I think like uh, like a Dorian Finney Smith, like I don't think he's that great of a shooter. Um, once you're getting a, a decent contest on him, you know maybe sometimes he'll hit like those those eight threes if he catches fire early and then boom he's a little he's like unconscious but like um when he's not when he's not in a super good rhythm um he's not mm-hmm. a he's not a super good shooter um what was, that, what was the other thing i was gonna say um shoot. oh i think dwight powell's minutes are really gonna get cut if this series like next game and because they, they're just really having trouble scoring um, when he's in the game just because he's not a spacer and his role, his rolling isn't really there. So I think it's going to be a lot more Kleba. I wouldn't even be surprised if Kleba starts next game. I, I, I don't know mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, maybe just they just want to roll the same starting lineup just for a rhythm reasons, like keeping the same rotation. Um, but you already see, like, Dwight Powell's not playing that minute already, and I think you might need to even cut it more because when they went on that run, Dwight Powell was in the game. And not that he's a bad player. He's like, he would be a fine I think backup center, but just a starting level center. He's not a really a starting level center on a, a championship team. He just doesn't really uh, bring much in terms of like he, he can, he can get up a little bit. Um, like he has some of that, but it's just not really happening in this series right now. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why uh, kind of, kind of a side note. Cause when people talk about, Oh yeah, they want to bring Gobert onto this team. Gobert kind of has the same issues with Powell where they're not going, you're not going to throw it to him on a post up. So Phoenix can just like late switch it. Um, and then now Gobert just kind of has the same problem he has on, on Utah where um, he's just not getting any post touches and they can just switch a small onto him and there's, they can't really do anything about it. So Gobert, you know, defensively, definitely a really good fit, just like clean things up on that end. Um, mm-hmm. But he just can't really score the ball. I mean, that's a little bit of a side tangent about why <laughs> Gobert probably doesn't fit on the, <laughs> the Mavericks. Yeah. Um, so do you think Dallas is just better off Playing five out majority of the game with Max yeah. and Cleveland have have the guys attack mismatches. Yeah, and they're already doing that. It's just like when they mm. they even sub Cleveland during the run. By that point, it was already a little late because um, mm-hmm. Phoenix like once they get their offense is very um, <clears throat> like rhythm rhythm like cadence oriented. That's what that's what uh, Kevin actually Kevin Harlan was talking about this on the broadcast. He was like, um, yeah, the Suns' offense is just relies on not relies but they. They play a lot, like, in rhythm. Like, they get, like, if they get the timing right on their actions, like, they're just so hard to stop. And that's what you started to see. Like, they're all their – because all their guys are, like, one dribble good decision makers, one dribble pull-up guys from, like, even their – like, Landry Shamit, Cam Johnson to, like, 
Jay Crowder, Mikel Bridges, like them playing off CP and Luke, uh, CP and uh, Devin Booker, they're really, really good. Right. Um, I think strategically, though, this series has actually been pretty interesting to follow because um, what we saw uh, like kind of early on, like uh, game one, um, the Suns really uh, like loaded up uh, against Luka, just showing a ton of bodies um, when he's coming off like the middle pick and roll. Um, mm-hmm. And now, like, that middle pick and roll is kind of – they don't even really run it too much anymore. Everything's either – everything's either, like, a, a kind of a screen to get a switch or it's Spain. There's no more really, like, high pick and roll looking for a roller because it just didn't really work. Because um, mm-hmm. even if they got, like, a Chris Paul on him, they set the screen. Uh, Mikel Bridges, even though um, even though it's, like, not his guy, like, he's still in the gaps just playing there, him and Jay Crowder. Um, so Dallas's counter to that was just sending guys through on cuts um, and overloading the weak side and just see what the defense does. So, like, they're just getting a lot of swing, swing corner threes or, like, a ton of hammer screens too, um, which mm-hmm. I like. So that was kind of early. And then also they started to turn to a lot of post-ups too. Um, the Mavericks did. The counter kind of, like, mm-hmm. sun zone-ish type stuff. Mm-hmm. Was it just Luca post-ups or? Yeah, so I had a cough again. Um, yeah, you're good. But yeah, Luca post ups, even Brunson posting up against like a campaign Chris Paul. A lot, a lot of a lot of Brunson posting up Chris Paul this last game, um, mm. and he had some success, especially in the first half against. Got him in a uh, foul trouble. I saw a couple fouls. Uh, yeah, it was, I don't think it was last game, but the the game before Chris Paul did foul out. Um, but some of it was just he had some mm-hmm. offensive fouls too that were like, he tried doing you know his crab thing in the backcourt where he just gets in front of someone. Um, that was against Brunson. He did that against Brunson. That was his fifth foul. Um, so it wasn't all like he's getting mm-hmm. fouls like by getting posted up. Um, of course, there were some of that yeah, like right. that, but yeah, yeah. I think the the other aspect of this series too is DeAndre Ayton. I think he's going to be super super crucial uh, moving forward. Not only for this series, I think even the the following series after this, because. Um, the, like I said before, the, the Suns aren't tagging anymore, so he has to be really, really good in drop. Well, it's not even even in drop as much. It's more like he's – it's kind of like a higher drop where he's still crowding Luka a little bit so he can't get his floater off or put the um, the, the guy navigating the screen in jail. Um, mm-hmm. He's just not giving him the floater. Um, but he also needs to get back and make sure the, the role there, – there isn't a lob there. Um, he's also going to have to deal a lot with late switches against Luka too, and – um, did you see that clip of Luca like dribbling in a circle around the the paint a little bit? Of eight and it was just like tracking him the whole time. Yeah, like it almost looked at Lamella Ball, like Chino Hills clip, and when he they're playing yeah. Montverde, he was dribbling in a circle. Mm-hmm. He was doing that like, against Aiden, except Aiden was there the entire time. Yeah, um, so he's gonna have to deal a lot with that because Kleba's only gonna pop pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, and the and he's he was hitting earlier in the series, so the Suns had to react to that a little bit. Um, so I guess the kind of the counter to that just like late switching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'd like to add is if Dallas is looking to play more of a roller, uh, if Dwight Powell minutes aren't working, they could, you know, it, it's, it's an elimination game. Marquise uh, Chris. Try sprinkle, yeah, you know, you already know. I knew it. Already know. I knew it. <laughs> he's gotten more, he's gotten more attention for what he's done off the court this series, but like, he, he can jump. He's the best jumper on the team. Uh, 
uh, he can put, I mean, if he has a small on him, he's shown in the past, he can put the ball on the ground, uh, you know, just a little turn, turn around hook shot. He's got that in his bag. So if, if, if times really get that tough, then that, that's someone they can turn to, even though Phoenix will feast on his inexperience on the other end. Um, yeah, I was, I was hey, that's my guy. I just want, I, I wanted to see Marquise Chris minutes this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I knew it. But that's not one thing I could be real. There's a there's a decent amount <laughs> yeah. of talk about Marquise Chris right now. Yep. Um, yeah, I wonder why. But yeah, no, I, I think there is actually. I actually thought about that. I'm like, they just need someone who's just like really, really bouncy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I don't know what it is. Like Luca's just not throwing the lob to Powell. Like I I'm assuming it's not there. Yeah. Cause I, I would think that um. Because in theory, it should be there because they're not tagging anymore. But mm-hmm. they weren't really getting to the guy. They really didn't see any lobs at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, There's a chance he could be injured or uh, what year coming off of an AC, what is it, ACL Achilles injury. I'm forgetting. Yeah. I mean, DeAndre so, Jordan's catching lobs. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, very true. Um, I was, <clears throat> what was the other thing I was going to say? Yeah, so Aiden. Oh, all, offensively for Aiden. Sorry, go back to him. Um, mm-hmm. He, the those what's it called? The Mavs counter to, um, not the Matt. Wait, is it the Mavs? Yeah, the Mavs counter to Booker CP like pick and roll handoffs is just like late switching like a like Kleba onto them, um, right? Because Kleba can like slide his feet like decently well against Booker and mm-hmm. CP, and you know I I think that's a that's a pretty good a pretty good counter. You just keep you keep yourself out of rotation. Um, and you're kind of just like bogged down the uh, the Suns a little bit, but the the counter for the Suns is that they could they could just use Aiton, um, just seal down low, get to his get to his post ups, um, and you know he had some he had some nice you know left shoulder post ups like he always does. He, even in the last game he had like a like a pretty like solid mid range like turnaround like it was actually a pretty tough shot just like boom just like complete swish like his touch is just so good. Um, and he has like the the physical tools. Even though I, I really think he should be, you know, ma- I think, I feel like he should just like mash a little more. You know, like I don't even, I don't Much even know more Kleba. physical. Yeah, I don't think even like Kleba physically could handle him. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that's something. I I, w- I think they should just start doing it now just to get him used to doing that. Even though like against the Warriors, I think um, they they really could lean on that. Um, if their offense isn't really working, like if they're switching a ton, uh, like we said earlier, which is probably going to be their their counter because they just have no other choice. Um, mm-hmm. and Aiden's, Aiden's kind of their solution for that. Um, so I would honestly start feeding him a little bit more now, even though I know they want to close out this series and they might not be comfortable with that. Um, but I think, I don't know, I just, I feel like Aiden could do more because sometimes it, it, it just, I mean, he'll feast on the offensive boards a bit. Um, you know, he'll he'll get his like post hook stuff, but I just wanna see him like get actual actual post touches where he's creating his own shot and then you, you force the defense to come to you. Cause they I feel like they don't really do that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just have a really bad cough right now too. That's the other thing. Yeah, it's a it's season. Not, it is not fun. Um yeah, do you have any more thoughts on the Dallas uh, Dallas Sun series? Um, I think that about or actually campaign really quick. Oh yeah, uh, he's had his struggles this series. Uh, you know, Phoenix is deep. 
Um, and it, it, obviously they have Book and CP leading the way, but do you think campaign struggles, uh, if one of CP or Book isn't on the floor at all times, do you think that could stir up a little, some issue for Phoenix in those, in, in those lineups? You know, maybe, but honestly, campaign wasn't really getting them much when he was in. Like, um, mm-hmm. he just didn't really have a rhythm. Like, you know, he would he would drive to the basket occasionally. Like, he he could do that, um, pretty well. Like, he can get to the basket probably better than anyone on that team when he's locked mm-hmm. in outside of uh, Booker and Chris Paul, of course. Um, but like even then, like sometimes he just like was blowing layups. Um, and also you can yeah. play for his drive. A little bit too because he isn't making threes because his form is just so like his feet are so tilted to the to the right that it's like you could close out a certain way and really bother a shot without actually like getting there getting there so you can Mm -hmm. like play for his drive and also like limit kind of he's not that good of a three-point shooter um he didn't play last game well he didn't play when in meaningful the meaningful minutes it was landry yeah yeah, Monty yeah. chose Shamit over him in the rotation. Yeah, and also yeah. he's Shamit's less of a guy you can hunt. He's just a little bigger than Campaign too. Um, right. And you know Shamit's better shooter, even like off the dribble. Jelani Sham actually surprisingly his handle's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I know he kind of played that role in college a little more, more mm-hmm. of like a score, and then he kind of turned into like a movement shooter type guy in uh, yeah in Philadelphia and Philadelphia Clippers, Brooklyn, Suns. Um. But yeah, that's that's the other adjustment they they made this game. No more campaign, just less guys for Luca to hunt. Because Chris Paul can actually like, he can kind of like, kind of hold his own. Like he's he's pretty strong, he's pretty stocky. So yeah, he is. It's not like it's not like the easiest post up. Yeah, it's not the easiest mm-hmm. post up for Luca, even though it is. He still has a a massive advantage on him. Yep. Um. But yeah, I think I really think the Suns are gonna come out on top here. Um, of course Dallas I didn't have a crazy shooting game, but they're <clears throat> they're figuring out how to like prevent um Dallas getting these open uh these open threes uh which they weren't really in the earlier parts of the series where Dallas is like getting like 40 40 something threes up a game um let me check how many threes they got up last game actually right now uh, but yeah what, what do, you, do you think the Suns are going to come out on top here yeah uh I agree with you I think Phoenix is taking this one um yeah this is been a battle of adjustments. You've been through a lot of them. Um, but but one, another thing Dallas could explore if they want to keep their season alive is uh, just ways to keep get Luca going early and, uh, you know, continue to get him going throughout. And their best way of doing that might be have to have him attack Phoenix's uh, two guys, Paul and, and Booker, even uh, – even if they can stand their uh, stand their own, just just wearing them down, uh, getting Luca going is probably the best route. Um, so that means if they're guarding one of their shooters, have them set a ghost screen, um, force to force a switch or mi- miscommunication. Um, and if if Luca's not completely worn down by the end of the game, that could be there. There, there could be a chance that uh, Dallas wins wins that game just entirely oh. going through Luca. Yeah, how many, games of, how many threes did they hit? So they, they only took 32. I was looking at the shot attempts. They only took 32 threes this last game. It was actually the lowest amount. Um, I'm going to check game one now, but if – let me see if my theory is – yeah, that was the lowest amount they took the entire series, mm-hmm. um, 32 threes. Uh, everything else was just like high 30s uh, to mid 40s. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think they kind of figured that part out. Um, the other thing that I was going to say about Luca. Um, so like Luca, Luca's been giving up a ton um, just because he's so tired from doing training to uh, like a heavy offensive load. Um, he's been yeah. giving so much, just like him getting involved in pick and roll, and he's just like not not stepping up to the level, giving Booker some pretty easy pull-ups. There was a couple plays where he just wasn't high enough. Like, it's Devin Booker. You, you just got to step up, and he, he just isn't. Um, and there's some times where he was able to just, like, run it down. Uh, Lucas there just driving to the basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Luca just, like, has – I mean, it, it's hard to ask to say, like, you got to play a better defense, but because he's just doing so much. Like, I, I, I understand, mm-hmm. like, why he, he just doesn't have the energy to. Uh, right. And that's kind of what Dallas is missing. Cause I, I saw this tweet the other day. It was like, they were listing out the, each team's like top players, like Bucks, it's like Giannis, Drew, Chris, uh, Suns, like Paul, Booker, Aiton, Mavericks, it's Luca, Jalen Brunson ish. And then like, Dinwiddie's in pretty bad this year. You see, that's the other part we didn't talk about. Dinwiddie just can't create separation yeah. on anyone on that team. Like it, mm. it's pretty, it's bad. Um, he's not really giving them much at all. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought Dinwiddie looked good in stretches. Uh, what late in the regular season for Dallas, but yeah, like you said, I thought it looked really good on paper to me. These three ball handlers uh, that are all what above average, and and Dinwiddie, if he's playing at his best, then but three guys that are playing at, at a near All Star level, I'd say, if they're all at their best, but. They've been super on and off, and Phoenix just has the length. They they have the uh, they just have the bodies to, to really muck things up, and Dinwiddie just hasn't gotten it going. Yeah, especially on a team so reliant on three guys to make any sort of dribble penetration. Asking to do that against like a Mikel Bridges, Jay Crowder, even like Aiton's pretty good on switches, and like Devin Booker is still a big body. Chris Paul is like still pretty like crafty, like as a defense. I was did I mute myself that whole time? No, I didn't. Right. Uh no, just for like a second. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're just yeah, they just like you said, they have the bodies to really make it hard to get dribble penetration. The the Mavericks are really like it's really clear now. They just need another high level, like a high level shot creator. And I don't mm-hmm. know if Brunson's that guy, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think so, man. He he doesn't no. get separation consistently enough, at least for me. Like he, he can get his pivot game, you know, but like, I don't think a team is, like, scared enough to where they're going to, like, load up on him a ton just because he's, you know, doing pivots in a circle and then shoots it like a fadeaway. Small guards. Small yeah. guards in the playoffs. Yeah, okay. Um, any more thoughts or are we gonna, we're going to wrap up right here? Yeah, I think we can move on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think next, next time we pod, we're going to, end up talking about the uh, two other series, the, I guess, the Eastern Conference series now. I didn't even realize we, we, we did only the Western Conference. We did, um, yeah. Yeah, I think next time we'll we'll talk about the Eastern Conference. Um, but, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of uh, Beyond the Arc. Um, I expect another episode about the uh, Eastern Conference playoffs um, coming soon. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs>